Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together, verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you. So let's get started. Today we are beginning... um, one of the top books of the Bible, according to McGee, Hebrews. It is um, designed to be a book of encouragement to young Hebrew believers. But its teachings are for us today. Um, we don't know the official author of Hebrews, as the author doesn't name himself, um, or it doesn't clearly designate who it's intended to, but it looks like it is for young Hebrew believers. It's talking about um, Jesus Christ. Everything is pointing to Jesus Christ in this book. It is the last word from God to man. The word of Jesus Christ to us. And it's talking about um, this being superior to having to do sacrifices at the temple. So... um, It looks like it was written sometime just before uh, the temple was destroyed by the Romans. Now, they did that in 70 A.D., so that would date the book of Hebrews as being sometime before 70 A.D. So another point is whoever wrote this book was using the Greek translations a lot because we see a lot of this this was... Uh, in Greek, the Septuagint was the Greek translation of the Old Testament, so it had to be somebody who understood that. Uh, McGee makes the point that he thinks Paul wrote it, because Paul would always try to uh, write it um, um, in the local languages, Uh, but um, in any event, um, it's been said that who actually wrote the epistle, God only knows. But we know this is the Word of God. It has been accepted as the Word of God. And actually, it's been said of this book that it's kind of like a sermon. These are almost like these are sermon notes from somebody delivering a message to the local people. So we see so many different forms, um, like the Song of Solomon was almost like a uh, a love story or a play set into action. And then we see Proverbs as being the book of the wisdom. And then we see so many Old Testament books as being sort of like the life story of a prophet, like we saw Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Daniel. Um, 
We see other books of the Bible, like just letters from Paul, like uh, the Thessalonians or the Colossians or the Galatians or the Ephesians, those type of letters. This book, you know, or um, another book was was like a personal uh, letter from Paul to another on behalf of someone, like the letter to Philemon or Philemon, however you pronounce it. But this maybe is a little different. It's like it's like a sermon note. Um, it's like a a, um, a letter or personal notes that it's not really addressed to anyone. Like Paul's usual letters are, you know, when he says, I'm an epistle and I'm all this and that and the other. It was like it was designed to be uh, carried by somebody so that they, when they, could, they could have notes that they could give um, they could give a sermon, that type of thing. So maybe that's what this was. We just we just don't know. Timothy, one of Paul's friends, is mentioned several times here. So it had to be dated around the time of uh, uh, of Timothy. Timothy in his in his mission. Paul and Peter were martyred in Rome around sixty four to sixty seven A.D. Uh, probably just before the temple, or, or just perhaps around the time of just before the temple in Jerusalem being destroyed. So um, it might have been somebody who knew Timothy. It wasn't Timothy that wrote it because it's referencing Timothy. So it's possible Paul wrote it, but we just, again, don't know. But the focus of this book of Hebrews is Jesus Christ. And um, when you think about it, right around this time, we as, as we have seen other books of the Bible that are addressing the gospel message, one of the things that the gospel, one of the things that the writers are addressing is how does a young Christian believe? How does a young Christian Live their life, okay? You say, oh, I believe in Jesus Christ. Now what do I do? What does being a young Christian look like and feel like? Because a lot of these people, you know, they didn't have Bibles, and there weren't formal church meetings, and they didn't have um, television sets so they could watch a program on TV, or they didn't have the Internet. You know, what do they do? How does a Christian act? The only thing that they would probably see are Christians being put to death all the time. You know, and you got this guy running around that used to put Christians to death. Now he's a Christian. And you're just like, I'm not sure what to do other than believe in Jesus Christ. You know, life is the normal thing. You know, because all they have to compare to is all these other religions with all these multiple gods. You know, you put a couple of you put a couple of pennies in the thing and say, you know, all right, I've given you some money, God. You know, whoever these gods are, you know, bless me, bless me with riches and power and land. You know, they just didn't have a frame of reference, and so that's what these early gospel ministers were trying to do was show people how to be a Christian. And 
Hebrews centers on the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And we will see uh, themes here that Jesus Christ is supreme over every angelic being. Jesus Christ, faith in Him is supreme and superior to the Mosaic Old Testament law. And so He is He takes precedent over all of the prophets and over all of the priests and over all of the law itself. And so this book is so important because it focuses on the supremacy and finality of the word that comes to us in Jesus Christ. Everything centers on Jesus Christ. He completes the Old Testament law. And he is the final word and final authority for God's word to man. And it is the pinnacle, it is the focal point of your faith. It is the focal point of your ability to persevere and endure. It is the final authority on your ability for salvation. There is nothing else that you have. And so all of these gospel apostles are all just writing about Jesus Christ. Everything is about Jesus Christ. So this is what uh, this Hebrews uh, appears to be about. Encouragement to young Hebrew believers, believers that would have around this time, 60 to 70 A.D., you know, they're trying to figure out, you know, many maybe have seen, you know, or heard of Jesus Christ in their lifetime, most of whom never saw him, you know, but they're they're having the opportunity to believe him. And this teaching in this regard is for us today as well. We have the opportunity to believe in Jesus Christ. But to do that without accepting his superiority to everything would be almost like a vain belief. Because Jesus Christ has to be accepted as superior to all. To everything on heaven, everything on earth. He is the final word to you from your Father God in heaven. And so, in this regard, Hebrews is extremely relevant for us today. So, we have on our schedule today to look at verse 1 and verse 2. So, McGee immediately slows down and looks at just two verses today. So, let's read them and then we'll, we'll talk about them briefly. Verse 1, chapter 1, long ago, at many times and in many ways... God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. Boom! That's a pretty big first sentence. Notice that there's no introductions like, hi, I, Paul wrote this, or, you know, greetings, and blah, blah, blah. It, there's nothing like that. It starts off 
immediately explaining things. Like we're getting ready to have this big summary here. Long, long ago in a galaxy far away, just like in Star Wars. It's, but it's, it's in that, it's in a storytelling mode. It's in a historical mode. Long ago. It's talking about the history of the Jewish nation long ago. And that contrasts this long ago to in these last days. So it's talking about the beginning times long ago. But in verse 2, he's contrasting that to in these last days. He's talking about right here, right now. And when he says in these last days, that includes us too. Because if his time was in these last days, what does that make us? You know, we're still living, we're still kicking. So in these last days, meaning with reference to time itself, is reference to Jesus Christ. Long ago is historical, but since Jesus Christ has been here, he refers that to these last days. And um, at many times and in many ways, okay, many times and ways is referencing God repetitively reaching out to man in very, very different um, venues. Many times, many ways. And McGee says it's, it's almost like it points to the fact that the Bible is so superior to other books that have been written. Why? Shakespeare, as he said, wrote all his stuff but Shakespeare was the only one that wrote Shakespeare, right? Most any author of any book is the only author of what was written. But the Bible has been written over 1,500 years by many, many people contributed to this book. And in many times and in many ways... It's the Bible is a story of people's lives, people's changed lives, as well as words of wisdom from God that people write down. But God uses a multitude of people to write this book. God uses their lives. God uses their mistakes. God corrects people. Everything in this book is God using so many different people in so many different ways. God uses them for this book. And just like that, God can use so many of us in so many different ways in so many different times. God is still working through man to accomplish His will. The Bible is the written Word of God. It is 
Jesus Christ in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word of God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So this Word becoming flesh is Jesus Christ. But even before Jesus Christ was revealed to man, the Word of God was complete. And the Word of God that we have today is personified in Jesus Christ. So it is that amazing work of God, that the Word of God was written for us through all these people in many times and many ways. God was working His will. God was writing His Word that was already Jesus Christ. So we have the Word of God in written form that is written through all these people's lives that God used. Blemishes and all, mistakes and all, but then when this Word of God is revealed in the person of God, God only works through one person. Instead of many times in many ways, in many people, when God personifies that Word, It is through one person, and that one person is one time, one way, and one person. And it wasn't in many times. It was just in these days, those last days. And that person is Jesus Christ. So we see this big contrast through God working out His Word in the, in the long-ago days, speaking to our fathers by the prophets. Now, the prophet is not just somebody who reveals the future, but that root word here being used, uh, the word of the prophet, McGee translates that to anybody who speaks for God, anybody who speaks the Word of God, is a prophet. So in that sense of the word, people who are speaking for God, he calls a prophet. But now, instead of even using prophets, he's using one. One prophet who is above all. One priest who is above all. It's now only pointing to Jesus Christ, his son, So his son is the final word, the final spoken word of God to man. It is Jesus. And Jesus Christ, appointed by God above all things, is the heir of all things. And it's interesting that Jesus Christ, being the heir of all things, owns everything. He is appointed. He has spoken to us. He is the, is the personification of everything that has gone before. In many times, in many ways, and through all these lives, the, the Word of God being manifested to man, 
now being personified to man. And this son that does all this owns everything. He has the authority. He is the heir of all things. He is the completion of the word of God. He is the personification of the word of God. And he is the fulfillment of the word of God. Nothing else is needed. Nothing else has to be manifested, has to be prophesied. There are no more prophets. You have a final prophet. You have a completion. And you can wait till you're blue in the face, but nobody else is coming. And that would have been the fallacy at the time where all these young, you know, all these Hebrew people are still trying to offer sacrifices at the temple. You know, they're probably still people taking their Old Testament law, you know, of the book of Moses and, and reading it and just, you know, waiting on the, uh, the Messiah to come or waiting for another prophet to come and tell them what to do. You know, now you got the Romans occupying everything and you're thinking, ah, we need another Daniel. We need somebody to tell us what to do, you know. And this person who's given this sermon or given whatever this letter is supposed to be, let's just call it a sermon for now. This person who's trying to instruct these young, you know, Hebrew believers, they would have been growing up in a time where everybody's going down to the temple to sacrifice stuff. Still, who hadn't believed in Jesus. Maybe that's why God allowed the temple to be burned in the finality by the Romans you know, over and over, to show them they ultimately don't need the temple. Because through faith in Jesus Christ, their own bodies become the temple. Their own bodies become the church. The church, the mystery, one of the mysteries of God. It becomes a living temple. But it's Jesus Christ who is the heir of all things. Heaven and earth are Jesus Christ's. And the inheritance, one of the beautiful things that we've seen in other books, the, the beautiful inheritance that he gets, he gets each believer. God allows him to inherit the believers just as the believers are allowed to inherit eternal life through a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So he appoints Jesus Christ the heir of all things. And then he says, through whom also he created the world. It's through Jesus Christ. He's the heir of everything. He's the final, the final word of God to us. Jesus Christ will be the one who comes back to destroy Satan that we've seen in other books, the returning king. He first comes in humility, but as a savior to the world. And when he returns, he will come in glory as a conqueror to suppress all these nations. 
But it's interesting. He's the heir of all, everything. But also, through Jesus Christ, He created the world. And when you say it like that, Jesus Christ is ultimately with God even before the world begins. And as it said in John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. John talks about the supremacy of Christ here. Hebrews starts out talking about the supremacy of Christ here. Jesus Christ, the completion of everything in the Old Testament, of every prophet, of every life, it is Jesus Christ who now in these last days speaks to us the final word of all things because He is the heir of all things and He created all things. It all starts with Jesus Christ. Everything that is occurring now in these last days is all about Jesus Christ and everything that will come till the end of the world as we know it is Jesus Christ. And everything after that for eternity is Jesus Christ. So that's how we begin this powerful book of Hebrews is the supremacy of Jesus Christ. So we'll stop here. This is where McGee stops. And we'll take up this study of one of the top books of the Bible as described the book of Hebrews. So, for me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you the same time tomorrow as we continue our study. Now, I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, hope you're doing well. Look forward to hearing your take as we begin this awesome study of Hebrews. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Hello. So, today we begin a new study in the New Testament book of Hebrews. And today's teaching is beginning at Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at verse 1 all the way to verse 2. So this epistle reveals Jesus Christ. This epistle tells us that we are priests and one of the ministries we have is prayer. And this is a privilege of a priest. And all believers are priests as we have access to God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? We are all priests. You know, you don't have to go to like a school of ministry um, to study theology in order to be a priest. We are all um, priests and, um, you know, we ought to minister the word of God because we have access to a God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, one or, you know, the, the outline of this book um, is as follows. For, so from chapters 1 to chapter 10, it reveals that Christ is better than the Old Testament economy. That's the doctrinal section. And from chapters 11 to chapter 13, it um, outlines Christ is, uh, you know, he brings better benefits and um, duties. So this is the practical side of this particular book. So the first three verses of um, chapter one of Hebrews here, they show that Christ is better than the Old Testament economy. And the um, 
second assumption that we have is that you know god has spoken through his revelations so god has been speaking through his revelations he has given us a certain amount of intelligence and he can communicate and has communicated with us god our god is an intelligent god and you know he communicates to us in different forms and um you know god has been speaking and it has been speaking through revelations and um you know we have that intelligence we may not comprehend everything but we have that intelligence um that enables us to actually understand when god communicates um with us and he has been communicating with us so the revelation that we have from god is the inspir- is this inspired word the bible here right now is the inspired word um the revelation that you know it's actually that's the revelation that we have and it's the inspired word of god and this is one thing we assume that these scriptures we have are divinely inspired so god has spoken to us with that revelation of the old testament so verse 1 of um Hebrews chapter 1 reads God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets so you know Dr. JV Magee's translation um it says here God who at sundry times so here sundry my translation is various um so it's not a time word like here it's not talking about like you know specific time as you know we think of it that you know god spoke you know today he spoke yesterday you know he he he's going to speak to us in future etc etc this is not the emphasis the emphasis is that god spoke through moses before and before that god spoke to abraham uh by dreams and by sending the angel of the lord to him when he spoke to abraham He didn't tell him what he told Moses and he didn't say anything about the law to Abraham or give him any 10 commandments he gave the 10 commandments later on to Moses at a later on uh date and um and he also spoke to David that you know there was coming um in his line a king and that king would be a savior so he didn't give this to Moses He didn't give this to Abraham. He gave Moses the law and they would not have and you know that and and he he also told Moses they would not have a king. They were to turn to God, but God knew the human heart. <clears throat> and in time, in sundry time, uh they said they wanted to be like the other surrounding nations and asked for a king and God granted their request and sent um Li, uh, Linus So God used that as the method of getting the Messiah and Savior into the world. So you know God he always thinks like way ahead of us. Um he knows already what's in our heart because I mean even before we were born God knows us. He knows the number of hairs on our head. So what this here what he's saying here is that um you know as God went along he didn't give it all to Abraham. This is why like in the beginning it was like you know God has given us an amount of intelligence. So he didn't give it all to Abraham. It was in the fullness of time God sent forth his son so that we have a development. So you know the 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 the, the savior was introduced to the world um you know when God's people actually asked for a king because they wanted to be like other 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 nations. And then here um 
you know now so here it says god who spoke god who at sundry times and in diverse ways so now here um uh, diverse here means um he used different ways of communication so he appeared to abraham in dreams but gave moses the law and later on made certain promises to joshua and spoke through dreams so um god spoke through dreams he communicated through the law through rituals through history through poetry through prophecy over a period of time so that was di- a diverse man in which god communicated so he did this over a period of time and god brought together you know about 45 different writers um and communicated his word the bible you know over a period of 1500 years you know there's so many writers who came here and he revealed himself and he communicated differently gave them different messages but it all came together and this is all inspiring and you know very very interesting and so you know today someone says they don't believe in god and they don't believe god exists you know you got to wonder like are you off your rockers is there something wrong with you do you th- like like what we just materialized from what thin air i don't know like we fell from somewhere i don't know you know then there's something wrong with you there there's nothing wrong with god there's actually just something wrong with you because god has made a revelation you know to us god is speaking um and we can see this from the old testament you know through you know a revelation through the prophets god spoke through the laws god spoke through poetry he spoke through prophecy and um so here it goes on to read um god who at sundry times sundry times sorry and in diverse ways spoke in time passed to the fathers by the prophets so here who are the fathers um the fathers are isaac um abraham jacob joshua moses david isaiah these were the fathers in the old testament and you know because they are god's children they may not be your father and my father but they are someone else's father but um you know today in the age of grace we have um one father and uh, we go to him through his son the lord jesus christ so we have one father and that's god so moses was a prophet and you know a prophet is one who actually speaks um for god because here it says and in diverse ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets so moses was a prophet and is you know um is one who speaks you know a prophet in this particular case is one who speaks for god and in the order of speaking for god he could speak of things that were future but this is actually secondary because today we tend to just think when someone says i am a prophet um and 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 we tend to believe like okay they are prop but are they speaking for god just because they are speaking of the future so you get my point if they're not speaking for god and you know god's program just because they're speaking for the future hmm then are they prophets so you know the speaking for the future is something that's secondary um to his office to the office of the prophet so now verse 2 goes on to read has in these last days spoken to us by his son whom he has appointed heir of all things through whom he is made he so through whom he has made the world so now here god has spoken finally through his son so this was god's final message he spoke um finally through his son to us so god spoke in a son and god um has 
you know, has actually said the last thing uh, to this uh, world in Christ. So if God had to, you know, get a, you know, come out today and, and speak, like he's not going to speak any different. He's still going to say, you know, the same thing because God has given the final word. He has spoken through his son today. So this was a great introduction. I am excited to actually uh, learn more about this book because this book reveals the Lord Jesus Christ, who he is. It reveals, you know, he is superior, far superior than um, the angels. And he is, you know, he is the owner of this creation. This is his creation. This is his world. And, um, you know, I can't wait to to actually um, learn more. And, um, yeah. Hoping you will join us on this ride through the book of Hebrews. Thank you all for listening and God bless and have a pleasant Monday. Bye-bye.